This is the Horse Radio Network. They say it takes a village to care for horses and to participate in the sport. And they were right. This week, we're paying homage to our non-horsey support network. And Ellie shares what it's like to ride and train while battling MS. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, to Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wozniaka. Welcome to episode 54 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hey, guys. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. All is well. Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah. So, Jess, do you, like, feel pregnant now? Like, has your body changed at all yet, or? It's starting. Slowly, slowly starting. So, uh, it's not too bad yet, though. That's I give you the nice props. thing is, is, like, I actually, like, I the last trimester and everything is in the winter time, so it's not like you're hot and like big and everything else so that was it was nice with Hudson so I'm hoping it's going to be the same this time it's like once you start wanting to put layers on then the belly's there so so Ellie just so you know Jess was like the most non-pregnant pregnant person (laughs) I've ever met in my life with Hudson it's the craziest thing she did everything normal had no problems was just like kind of had a bump for a little bit (laughs) Well, the funniest was my sister goes, send me a picture of your belly. And I sent her a picture of it like straight on like seven months in. And she's like, it's not funny, Jessica. Seriously, turn sideways so I can see something. (laughs) Exactly. So I'll be curious to see if baby number two is as as nice and easy as Hudson was. I'm hoping so. I hope is she like decides to do that. But I I don't know. I'm going to think I probably have to cross all my fingers and toes for this one. Oh, my goodness. Pray to the pregnancy juju people. Right. (laughs) So this episode is brought to you by Arena Saddles. And if you haven't listened to the episode where we reviewed Arena, you really should because it's such a cool saddle. And I'm so glad I now know this brand. The saddles are really beautifully crafted. Uh, They take so much attention to detail. And what I love the most about this saddle was just how comfortable it was. It was so, I just felt so natural in it. It was so easy to ride. The second I climbed in it, I didn't have to think about it again. I could just focus on the job at hand with my horse. So if you're interested or you're in the market for a new saddle, please check out Arena Saddles by going to arenasaddles.com. All right. So Jess, you've got a drink for us this week, even though you can't drink it. <laughs> I can't drink it, but it sounds amazing. And it. It does take a little bit of time to like prep it and everything, but it sounds so, so worth it. So it's called a frosé and it basically is just, you need the ingredients wise, you need a bottle of like a bold rosé, like a Pinot Noir Merlot rosé, and then half a cup of sugar, eight ounces of strawberries, and then two ounces of fresh lemon juice. And you pour the whole bottle of rosé in like a 13 by nine pan and stick it in the freezer and you have to let it there like six hours. So you have to like prepare this for this drink, but it's got to be worth it. And then in, while you're waiting those six hours, one of those times you need to bring the sugar and half a cup of water to boil. And then you just keep stirring it into the slush to make so simple syrup. Basically it takes about three minutes and then you add the strawberries, remove it from the heat and let it sit. So the strawberries kind of infuse in the simple syrup. 
And then you want to strain through a fine mesh and put it into a small bowl. Don't press the solids though. And then you would just let it chill for 30 minutes. Then you're going to scrape the rosé, take it out of the freezer and put it into a blender. Add the lemon juice, three and a half ounces of the strawberry syrup and a cup of crushed ice and make it till it's pureed and smooth. And then you basically just transfer the jar to the freezer and freeze until it thickens. That takes another like 20, 30 minutes and then blend it again till it's like a slushy and so, served everybody. So I'm actually drinking this one right now as we speak. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm so jealous. So, so jealous. It's like the perfect summertime drink. You know, it's hot outside. And so I, you guys know, I just got back from this trip from Italy earlier this summer and we, one of the winery vineyards that we stayed at where our friends got married they made like the best merlot based rosé i've ever had in my life so we had a a case delivered home <laughs> and oh, so i have so i have this like really fancy rosé that i'll never have again in my life so it's like oh i'll i'll take the time to to make this cuz you're right it is sort of labor intensive on the front end but it's worth it i'll tell you it's worth it it's like a good party drink if you're having like a, you know, people over in the summertime. Yeah, if you're having like a pool t- a pool party or like people over like summertime and you're eating outside, like how good does that sound? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like how many, like Justine, you made it. So how many like glasses? I just like doubled it all. So like I used two bottles of wine, you know what I mean? And then kind of just doubled everything to make more. But it's, there's plenty, you know, like for me and my husband, that's like more than enough. Hmm. You're going to be drinking it for a while. Yeah. And the good thing is you could just shove it back in the freezer. But Frosé is something you can find pretty regularly, like at the bars here. You know what I mean? Like they all make the slushy Frosés in the summer. And you'll even see them in like the big like margarita things where they like slush it around. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they Must make them be like, nice. <laughs> yeah. Dry County, so. remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Sorry to rub it in. It's okay. But yeah, so if you double it, there's like, there's plenty for like a for at least like a group of four people to have a couple of glasses each I would say nice yeah so end news I have a really pretty awesome news item that I got to share with you guys so it's so cute and like so heartfelt this grandmother competed her first affiliated event in the UK at 71 years old wow it's it's the cutest thing so basically she had made, she had done like a little unrecognized event a couple years ago. And so long story short, she did it for charity while she was like going to raise money. And she finished her dressage, finished the show jumping, and then went through cross country clean with just some time. And she came through the finish line, like punching the air because she was so excited. And it's pretty impressive. She went like what ours would be like training level class. So it's pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. So pretty awesome. No, it's adorable. I love reading feel good stories like that. Yeah. So she did it for charity, but it's pretty, it's a pretty cool story. Just like, you know, she did her first event. She, you know, her granddaughter said, you don't want, her daughter said, you don't want to, you know, not, you don't want to be in her deathbed saying you never evented. So you got to do this. So it's pretty awesome. She did that for like the first time. So it's pretty, it's a cool little thing. And her horse is so cute. It is so cute. (laughs) But Justine, you have a pretty interesting one that kind of talks about some touchy things that most people don't want to share. 
Yeah, it's actually pretty sad, but also very moving and inspirational, too. So Stefan Peters, who we all know as a dressage rider, uh, he's been to four Olympics. Uh, he's one of the best out there in the world. He's actually really struggled with depression over the last year, and it was so severe that he said he didn't know if he would ever compete again, which is really amazing to hear. So he's he went to the emergency th- emergency room three different times, was treated by eight different doctors from psychiatrists, neurologists, to even hypnotherapists, just to try to find some relief from this depression. And it was just so serious that he knew for sure that if it didn't stop, he didn't want to live like that, is what he said. Um, so he had a moment of clarity when his mom had a, I guess, had a stroke earlier this year in March. And he said that became an amazing motivation for him to recover and get back in the saddle because his mom really wanted to see him compete again at the World Equestrian Festival in Aachen. And... Um, and so that was that really gave him like the push to to get back in the saddle and and really try to get him back to you know back in the right headspace. But Dressage News has this great story about how he kind of overcame his issues with depression, and it just details what a difficult journey it was for him. And you know, it kind of remind me of uh, of Charlotte Dujardin's book, which we talked a little bit on the show before. We talk and we see these riders and compete and do amazing things at the elite level but they're real people too and they're often dealing with the pressure of that among other things in their lives so I know this was probably really hard for him to talk about let alone live through it but I think it's really important that he felt like he could speak out about it because I'm sure that just helps so many people who might be going through the same thing and at least they can see an idol like one of the top dressage riders in the world say hey this happened to me too and I got over it right Yeah. It's got to be a situation that's tough to talk about, but like it also helps to realize that big time riders do go through these things as well. And that, you know, it can kind of bring light to everybody to get better. So I'm really glad that he's seeing the help and he found stuff that worked. Absolutely. I mean, just, it was awe dropping to me. Like I never would have thought him out of all people. Right. Cause he just seems right. like such a cool, calm, collected competitor. He's and he's super competitive, right? He's a great rider. So you mm-hmm. never would have, would have thought that, but no, I'm glad we talked about it. What about you, Ellie? Hopefully you have a little bit of a lighter news to share. I do. I have a really funny news. Okay. Have you guys, have you guys seen the video of the Speedo man getting kicked in the groin? Yes, oh Doug showed it to me. <laughs> and I got to tell you, my favorite part about it, though, is the still image. Oh, oh my gosh. Right? Whoever took that screenshot. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is just the way he falls over afterwards. It's just like it just accepts that it's just going to happen. He's going it, down. He's going down. It's It's happening. Ellie, explain to us what happened for the people who haven't okay. seen this yet. So I, I, cr- I really, I cried laughing watching it the first time. So basically, this guy is a tourist. This beach in Maryland, well, actually off the coast of Maryland, Assateague Island, and like locals had warned him, like you know, don't touch the wild horses, and he didn't listen. So he's like trying to like reach up and like pet his shoulder and then the horse kind of turns his back to him and so he's like all right i'll just you know pet him on the bum and just kicks him right straight in the groin just direct contact 
And I actually found out something fun, too, that local folklore says that the horses at Assateague Island actually arrived there by surviving a shipwreck 300 years ago. I don't really know if that's true or not, but it's definitely a neat story. That is, yeah. So, okay, so people warned him, right? Like, this wasn't just some clueless tourist by himself. There no, were local no, warnings not to. Yeah. They you know, were told, the don't beat. touch, yeah, don't touch all any of the wild horses. They live here. And he goes up and starts petting him and gets too yeah. close to sign in. Yep. And there's, like, everybody around him. No one else is petting the horses, you no. know? Like, <laughs> it's just, he's just like, I'm just going to give him a little pet, you know? I'm Buck Branham and I'm just so cool. I'm like, oh, you probably have never seen a horse before in your life. The best part so of this, funny. he's in a Speedo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it gets clocked right there. It's pretty I mean, impressive. It definitely makes the the shot, definitely, you can see how clean it was, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Missed. The horse did not. Oh, miss. no. <laughs> no, he did not. Oh, my gosh. Well, so if you're interested in reading news like that, like Speedo-wearing tourists getting kicked in the you-know-what, you should sign up for the Hillsdown Brief, which is our daily email newsletter where we share horse news, to news about what's going on in pop culture, to things that are relevant to technology, to gender issues, to all different kinds of sports. It's really just a well-rounded, super interesting, highly curated email newsletter that's delivered to your inbox every weekday morning. So we're always sharing new and fascinating stuff in the brief. Sometimes we have really great interviews with riders. We recently had a wonderful interview with Doug Payne. And so you should sign up for the brief. You can do that by going to bit.ly slash HD brief. So Justine, you got these elation breaches, right? I did. These elation breaches by Greenhawk. And I really like them. What about you? I do too. And I didn't know if I was going to. Because, so we got the, did you get the motion tight and the velocity tight? Yes. So there are two different types. There are the Alation red label motion tights, essentially, and then Alation's red label velocity tight. And they're both a little different. Which do you, did you like best and why? So wait, back up, back up real quick. Tell me, because I didn't, I haven't seen them or anything. So tell me what, are they just, are they for riding tights or are they like, what are they exactly like? Because are they... For summertime, you know, everybody's got these tights and everything's different. Like, so elation, I haven't heard of them. So kind of fill me in a little bit more. Yeah. Well, Go ahead, yes. Justine. So remember our elation Chelsea breeches, those really cool colored breeches with the knee patch that we got? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I didn't so know it's it was the, the same, same Yep. Same company, but they're, but they're riding tights, right? Okay. So, and they're both a little different. So Ellie, how about I'll talk about the motion tight and then you can okay. explain the velocity tight so we don't confuse people. So the motion tight, they um, they fit like yoga pants, honestly, like they have that perfect, like slimming fit, easy to wear. You could go to the grocery store after you ride and feel like you're just in yoga pants. But they have a really wonderful grip for your saddle, which I think is really interesting. Some of the some of these companies are getting really good at developing a good like silicone type grip. So you feel secure because that's kind of what I miss about a, about breeches, right? When you're riding in tights, sometimes I feel like I'm too loosey-goosey in the saddle, but not with this pair, not with the, the motion tight pair. So you just pull them on. They're pull-ons like normal tights. And they have a silicone grip pattern that begins at the thighs and it goes all the way down till about mid-calf. So um, it's almost tight- like a full seat. 
Almost. Yeah, exactly. So, and they're like a very high stretch, easy to wear type fabric. I feel like I have a really good range of motion. Like I could go to a yoga class in them and still be able to do everything I, I would need to do in a yoga class. They have a wide, really thick waistband, which I appreciate because I'm the flabbiest in my waist, right? So it kind of like tucks everything in there. So I could I could tuck a shirt in and feel comfortable or I could wear like a blousey t-shirt and feel fine too. But they have, so with the, the actual silicone grip pattern that goes all the way around, they have a really nice like figure flattering side panel on the sides too. Like I just feel really secure in them like I, I do with my expensive yoga pants at home. But the the grip pattern is really cool. So it kind of it kind of comes all the way up your thigh, and then it kind of wraps around a little bit. Um, and it's just it's just a cute like I like the way it looks too, like how they kind of like sculpted it, but for the look. Um, and they're very they're very light. Like I didn't feel super sweaty in them. I didn't get really hot. I jumped in them, and then also did a dressage lesson in them, and really liked them. I think they're like for me right now, summertime, like. I'll wear them almost every day, you know, through the rest of summer. But what did, nice. what did you think, Ellie, about the Velocity tight? The Velocity tight. So I liked these because they still kind of had a more traditional breeches look, um, but they were still like just as stretchy and breathable as the motion tight. Um, my favorite thing is like, I, I love a good Euro seat. If I could have jeans that are Euro seat, I would do that too. Like, I just love the way it feels and, like, fits. Because I'm kind it's of, like... It's a flattering look, too. Yeah, I, I've got a big butt. I'm not gonna, you know, it's there. So I would like to, you know, mask that a little bit. But, so it's the same thing with the silicone grip, Justine. But it just has it at the knees. Okay. And I only have, like, these are the first pair of britches I've ever had with the silicone instead of, like, those suede Mm-hmm. And I was really surprised because I didn't know if I was going to like it, but they are definitely like, you feel secure, which was it's, great for me. It's heavy like duty, it. right? Like I was surprised yeah. at how like the, the grip that it really gives you. Like I feel yeah. like I could ride without stirrups, jump around without stirrups and feel like I had that same support if I were wearing a traditional breeches. Well, because right. a lot of the tights, it's like you're wearing just yoga pants and they're so thin that you don't really feel like you can be on the saddle. And they're right. slippery. Like these yeah. weren't slippery at all. Like right. even the actual material, you know, like I never felt like I was sliding around like I do in like a traditional like tight. Like yoga um, pants. Yeah. 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 Or like the other, there are more tights, you know, like that I used to ride in when I was a kid and stuff. And I used to always feel like I was sliding around. But like the motion tight, these also have the really wide waistband, but they have so many pockets which I, I love pockets. <laughs> so I'm I'm a horrible, like, when it comes to mouthy horses because I give my horse cookies all the time. Like, I fill every pocket I can with mints, and he just gets them all the time. So <laughs> uh, these pockets were perfect for that. You know, like, my phone fit in them. Like, I never felt like anything was going to fall out, which was awesome because they zip all the way shut. And the other thing that I really liked is I've only had a couple of pairs of britches that don't have the Velcro at the ankle, but these had that sport stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So it wasn't like irritating and like bothering my ankles and stuff. Like I have, um, I have eczema. So like when I like sweat and stuff that just irritates it a lot. So these were awesome. I really liked them a lot. So I will warn you that the motion tight does not have the pockets. They have one really interesting pocket at your back. 
like over your butt essentially. So like I could I could put my phone there, but that's the only pocket that the this pair had. I liked to use that pocket as a secret hiding spot for mints, but unfortunately <laughs> Berkeley figured that out pretty quick. So when I would like lead him, he just would like nuzzle the back of my pants and I'm like, dang um, it. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> He's like, I know they're in there. That's funny. But yeah, I would totally recommend them. They're a great price, like super affordable. If you're going to, I mean, they're they're cheaper than a pair of breeches, like cheaper than our Chelsea Elation breeches, $89.99 US dollars. But, but these are, you got to think of them as like high-end yoga pants that are secure enough to ride in. Because that's, like I got off the horse, I wasn't sweaty. I got in the car, I went and ran errands all day, completely forgot I was wearing them because they felt so normal. Yeah. And for me, like I'm a big belt person. Like I don't go anywhere without a belt. So I was really nervous about these because they don't have the belt loops. Mm -hmm. Um, But literally they stayed up so well. You know, my pants, I felt like they were in the same place as when I got on as when I got off, you know, like they just stayed where they were supposed to. And the silicone helped me stay where I was supposed to. So I was really happy with them. You guys should check them out. And also they um, they hold up great in the wash. I've washed them a couple times. And I have a couple of like cheaper pair of riding tights where the silicone starts to come off. Not no, not a Greenhawk brand, just like cheap ones that I got on sale. And these hold up in the wash. You're not going to ruin them in the wash. So I think that's like that's my make it or break it. Would I buy a pair again if they're going to fall apart after a couple of wears? You know what I mean? It's like, why spend the money? And these are well made and they hold up in the wash. So if you want to check out a pair for yourself, either the Alation Red Label Motion Tight or the Alation Red Label Velocity Tight, you can do so by going to this brand new website, Alation, that's E-L-A-T-I-O-N, Breaches. Com. So, Ellie, this kind of segment's about you and about how I thought it was pretty inspirational that you took the time to kind of really talk about what we kind of said in the news item, but you talked about rotting and actually getting diagnosed with uh, MS, multiple sclerosis, that that's pretty alarming news to get that like, wow, you're basically have this great trip and everything. You come home to like what you think is basically the end of the world then to realize, no, it's not the end of the world. I just have to redo my whole life and adapt to it. Basically, what was it like when you, I mean, I know you were like, basically, right, you were on a trip and you came home and you went to the doctor. Like, is that kind of how it happened? Yeah. So the spring of 2016, it like felt like there was something in my right eye. Like, you know, like when you first wake up and you're kind of like blurry for a second, but like, then you get the eye gunk out. Right. And you can see fine. So I kept feeling like that, but it was like for months and I was like, well, you know, I was in college at the time. I said, well, when I go home, I'll get it checked out. So then I actually did my study abroad trip, uh, at the end or the middle of May, uh, in Ireland, uh, which was awesome. You know, I don't know if I would recommend, you know, riding and jumping cross country with like not very good vision, but it was really fun. And I rode some saintly horses. <laughs> So when I came back, I actually was originally diagnosed with CIS, which is clinically isolated syndrome, which is like the precursor to MS. It's basically, you know, in the first doctor I went to said, oh, you don't have MS because you don't have enough lesions. So I went to like a specialist over in um, Connecticut 
And she was like, no, you have, you know, textbook lesions. You know, like if you look up MS, your brain has the lesions exactly where they're supposed to be. Um, You just don't have several yet. So I said, okay, you know, great. And I started the medication. It wasn't really until after I was on that for about a year that I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis because it didn't help the progression. Thankfully, like I haven't had um, any more issues with my eye, but definitely when that happened, I was, you know, really nervous and I got impulsive. (laughs) I bought actually my dog, (laughs) Brave, sight unseen. I found her on Adopt-A-Pet. She was from Texas. And I was like, I want that one, which I don't recommend either. But she's definitely turned out to be the best dog ever. But So a little bit like once you kind of knew with the whole riding side, you say like in the article, like we did, they did a great article in Hales Down that if you guys haven't read about Ellie, check it out because this kind of what we're talking about through this. But when in the article you talked about when did you kind of, you kind of panicked about not being able to ride? And at first they kind of weren't sure if you were going to be able to ride, right? Right. Um, so unfortunately, multiple sclerosis doesn't really, it's not the same for everyone. And it doesn't really have enough studying to know when things will happen or what will cause them to happen. So <laughs> my neurologist basically told me, uh, you could, you know, wake up tomorrow and not feel your legs or... It could be, you know, 30 years from now. So that was, you know, definitely hard to hear, especially with someone who, you know, likes to ride like we do. And I mean, it's just so much a part of my life. I mean, it's my career, but it's also my passion. So I kind of take it a day at a time. I um, I mean, I still have bad rides. I still get off and I'm like, oh, you know, I wish that I had done this differently or I wish I wasn't so handsy when he did this, you know, cause I feel like I could have done better by him. And so that it's tough. I feel like I'm harder on myself when I make mistakes in the saddle because of it, but I'm definitely, you know, grateful every day that I can ride. Well, and it's, I mean, jumping forward, cause it's been quite a few years since you got diagnosed that, you know, now you have a farm, things that you kind of didn't think you'd ever have. You have the farm and this did become your business and you were able to kind of adapt how did you kind of manage the horses and your illness and like still do to this day kind of you, like you said, you take it day by day. There are some days you don't feel well and you don't ride or you just kind of push through it. Like what does that really entail like day to day? Yeah. So it's, it's hard to explain. And even my, even my boyfriend doesn't really sometimes because like one of my biggest symptoms is fatigue. And I say that and they're like, Oh yeah, you're tired. You know, you're working outside. I'm like, no, it's like, it's like physically I'm exhausted. So I'm actually, I'm on a drug that's supposed to combat some of that fatigue, but it doesn't really help a hundred percent. Um, but I've always kind of been like, you know, a lazy weekend kind of person, but at the same time, I've, like always wanted to ride my horse, like ever since I was a little kid, like that was the first thing I wanted to do, you know, after school, like that was something I had to do. And so it's really frustrating for me when I am at that point where I'm physically exhausted and I physically cannot ride because I want to so badly, but I know I just don't have, you know, this bodily strength to do it. So those days are hard for sure. And I'm thankful that I am lucky enough where those days aren't very frequent. But that's definitely, and when they happen, I just kind of understand that, okay, you know, this is, 
what you, the cards you were dealt basically. Um, and I try to think about, you know, things I can do once I feel better, you know, so I actually have like a little booklet where I write down, um, like exercises that I would like to do with Berkeley next time I ride him or, you know, different things that would help with various issues the horses are having. Like my quarter horse loves to cock his head to the left side. So just different stretching activities and I look stuff up and I see what I can do to help them next time that I feel better. Ali, so you mentioned your boyfriend who I know you live with and he, you know, the two of you manage your farm, but it's, and I know your, your mom's involved with horses. So can you talk a little bit about your family and just the, the support you get from them? I mean, were they freaked out that you wanted to keep riding after your diagnosis? Cause I, like, I, I think of my family, they would have a heart attack <laughs> if I wanted to keep riding, you know, and, and still manage an illness like that. Well, so the biggest thing, and my neurologist said this too, you know, you have to just keep doing what you're doing. She said that she had like two patients who kind of came in with like in the similar stages of relapsing, remitting MS. And one of them, you know, broke up with their boyfriend and kind of isolated herself. And she's progressing much worse than the one who kept doing what she was doing and, you know, just moved on and pushed through. So, and my mom like attends like all of my doctor's appointments with me, even though, you know, I have to like sign paperwork saying, yes, she's allowed to be there because I'm an adult. But we, my family is great. We make a lot of probably inappropriate jokes and stuff, which is a really nice way of coping with it. I love to laugh. So, you know, we like to make jokes about, you know, drug side effects and symptoms like the drug I'm on right now causes flatulence, which is farting people. (laughs) So, and I just like, I mean, so I try to be, you know, as ladylike as I can. Right. But sometimes I'm just like, well, MS, you know, it just, it happens, you know? So we just kind of, you know, laugh and support each other in that way. I think my boyfriend takes it much harder than he lets on. He's kind of a, uh, a silent warrior, I guess I would say like, we really want to get married, but, uh, I have better health insurance right now on my mom's plan than he does at work. So if we got married, I would kind of be forced onto either his plan or personal insurance. So we're waiting until I'm in a financial position where I can get personal insurance. So that way, if something happens, you know, I'm able to pay for it because he wants to make sure I'm taken care of, which is really sweet. So it's just, I mean, it definitely, you got to kind of, like I said in my article, you know, you got to adapt, you know, you can't let it be the guiding force of your life, but you also have to, you know, be aware of it and be aware of your limitations. So Ellie, your story has inspired a lot of people and we've, uh, several people have come forward in our Facebook group to talk about their own issues with autoimmune diseases, MS specifically, or, you know, even other chronic illnesses. So obviously you're not alone, which is really great. And one of the reasons why I love our Facebook group, um, in the camaraderie there, but I wanted to ask you, do you have any advice for others uh, who manage their own chronic illnesses and still have goals with horses? I guess, what kind of pep talk would you give them? Oh, that's a good one. I've never really been like a goal person. You know, I just kind of take it day by day. But for example, like I, I want to get Berkeley back into the show ring. So my goals are just to, I make, I think the biggest thing is that people make their timelines short enough so that they're reasonable, but also long enough that they're reasonable for the horse. So you kind of have to say, okay, you know, 
I'm feeling really good right now. So what can I do in the next week that will help me accomplish my goal with my horse while I still can? You know, I, I try really hard not to rush things, but I also think, you know, okay, if this were the last show I could go to with my horse, you know, what would I want to do? That kind of stuff. I just don't want to have any what ifs. I think that's great advice. Thank you, Ellie. Yeah, thanks for letting me chat about it. I think it's not everyone like I mean, when I was diagnosed with MS, I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> so I think it's a big deal for people to, you know, talk about things and how they shouldn't be a huge impact on your life. So we have been obsessed with all these new clippers and everything else. We've talked about a bunch of them from wall. And one of the ones I really like is the Creativa and it's the next generation of five in one clippers. It's cordless, which everybody loves because half the time you wrap the cord around and it gets stuck or I pull it out of the walls or something else. Ha oh, I didn't mean that, but that's funny. <laughs> but, um, but this one, you can change the blade length without ever changing it. So it's not ideal to like basically take the whole body, but if you want to go from the ears to the bridle path to the nose and everything else to the feet, everything else, you can kind of do it all in one. So that's kind of what this one is, is it's an all-in-one clipper, which is pretty awesome. And it's got a huge battery life. It can last up to three hours. So if you guys want to check these out, go to their website, wallanimal.com. And that's W-A-H-L-Animal.com. So guys, I already talked about this a little bit, but um, who is your biggest fan or supporter? Like, are they horsey people or are they outside of like the horse world? So I can go first. Everybody, most of my family is involved in horses on Doug's side and everything, but my family is not actually, they've gotten involved in horses lately, but they, you know, throughout life, but they didn't start kind of involved. So my biggest, I don't know if I have one though. That's kind of it. Like it's what we kind of talked about. It's a team. So my parents have always been my biggest supporter from day one. They, you know, took me to the barn that was right outside of our school that kind of got me started with the horses to, you know, being at every event. And now they go to events just to see Doug, which is pretty awesome. So they are huge, huge supporters of ours. And then, you know, we say it takes a whole team. Doug is, my husband's awesome. Like he's amazing that he even, you know, the story that I find like is really funny is, you know, when somebody's super supportive of you, like he didn't know what to do. I was you know, we help, we help each other flatting and jumping and everything else. And one day I was like, well, I mean, that's not what Jan tells me. And that's not what Jan tells me. And that's not how I deal with Jan. <laughs> and he's like called, I mean, he didn't say a word. He was so good about it. He called and he goes, oh, guess what? I booked you, um, time to go. You're leaving next Thursday. You're spending two weeks with Jan with four horses. <laughs> and I love that. Like, it's awesome because that's how he shows support is as soon as I get, you know, well, I mean, that's not how we do things. And he's like, okay. And she, and they laugh like they're Jan is, I've talked about Jan Betty so much on this podcast, but she is, you know, my life mentor, everything else. She has become so close, like with our family and everything else that like Doug loves her and everything. So it's so funny. They'll talk about it in front of me. Like, it's like, I'm not even there. They're like, oh yeah. You know, when you tell Jessica to do this and he goes, yeah, I tell her the same thing, but she doesn't listen to me. And she goes, I tell it apparently the way I say it works. And I'm like, they basically are saying they say the same thing, but I only listen to Jan. So, <laughs> <laughs> so at least he shows his support, like through just 
essentially shipping me off. But, but he, so, but he appreciates that relationship you have with, with Jim, you know, so, which is I mean, great. And that's, that's what I truly adore about, you know, our friendship and our relationship as, you know, a student and coach and everything else. But yeah, I guess those would be kind of my big ones that I couldn't live without that, you know, come to every horse show and I love it. So what about you, Justine? I have a couple, obviously my husband who is non-horsey and just sort of fell into this because he didn't have a choice if he wanted to marry me. So, (laughs) and, and he is wonderful. I mean, it, it literally takes over my life, right? I mean, I don't have to tell you guys, you all get it. Like I go to work and I ride horses. That's what I do. And and he, I mean, he is a trooper. He gets up in the middle of the night to go with me to hook up the horse trailer, to put Mikey in the trailer and to spend his entire weekend at the horse barn. You know what I mean? And I'll never forget it. So like our second or third event that I did with Mikey, and these are like little schooling ones with my green thoroughbred. We had been working really hard on dressage and I asked Alex to film it and he's there and he's standing in the grass and filming my dressage ride and at this point he'd been to like a couple events he knows you're not supposed to like hoot and holler during dressage but he knew I had worked really hard lately on this test and so as I'm coming up center line and the only thing he knows what to do is he knows I salute at the end and that means it's over right (laughs) so so the the second I come (laughs) the second I come up center line and I halt and salute he goes Woo! Nice ride! Screams it across. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I was like horrified, embarrassed, but I also loved him for it because he knew I had worked so hard on the dressage phase. Oh, you know? I can't wait till I go to a horse show with Alex and we're just going to start screaming <laughs> when you get finished. That's going to be my goal. It made my heart happy. You know what I mean? I was like, I love you, husband. Clueless husband, I love you. Um, <laughs> That's but- pretty cute, though. My parents, you know, they still show up and watch. Like for my birthday, I was at a horse show and got like a, you know, junky side of the highway hotel. And my mom, it was a horse show in February, which is around my birthday. And my mom didn't want me to be to be alone. And she is like the ultimate non-horsey person ever. Like she used to only come to the A shows because at least they had shops she could shop at when I was growing up, you know, like. <laughs> She was the type who wore sandals and high heels to the to horse shows, you know. Um, That's awesome. Which I love my mom to death. It's just not her thing, you know. But so she came to this horse show with me for my birthday, and it's you know it's been many years since she's had to do that because I'm obviously a, an adult now. But it was really nice. Like it was a nice birthday moment for me to like have that weekend with my mom at the horse show. So, um, and I think my family thinks I'm all crazy, right, um, with horses, but they know it's important to me. So they put that aside and they come and support me and it makes you feel like a million bucks. Right. And so the last story I have to share is my job. I work at the newspaper. Obviously my hours are unpredictable. That makes life unpredictable sometimes, you know, just generally with how news breaks and then having to have a horse sometimes. And I just have the best editors that I work with at my job, that they are so flexible. They basically treat my horse like as if I had real human baby, because when there's an emergency, it's, it's just as serious for me. So, um, I was in Tallahassee covering the Capitol when my, my mayor, before I had Mikey was dying, like I ended up putting her down and I had, I was supposed to be in Tallahassee for several weeks and I had to just bail and drive 
like a crazy person five hours to get home to try to save my mare. And they just, you know, they never, they were only supportive. They're like, do what you got to do. And they kept trying to check in on me and see what they could do to help. And, you know, Mikey needs to see the specialist vet for the anhydrosis stuff. And that, you know, when I go and haul the horse trailer and take him to this vet that can take all day and a literally like literally take an entire day of work and they never ever bother me about taking the day off to take my horse and I just feel really lucky that I work in a place where people support what I you know what I love and what I do so it's nice to have that support network right because I feel like it does take a village to do the horse stuff sometimes I mean Ellie you own a farm I just can't even imagine right it's not one person who can take care of a farm no no it's and, and even just like the daily stuff, and I'm sure Jess understands it too. Like, I mean, right now we don't have any like help or any working students or anything. So even just to find the time, like for Matt and I to do the stalls or like divvy up who's going to do the stalls when, and who's going to bring the horses in, you know, it's, it's definitely an adjustment because we've only been, um, you know, boarders our entire lives. But, um, I definitely think that my biggest supporter would have to be my mom because she, um, so she's like very horsey. She rode when she was a kid. And when I started up as a kid, she started up again too. Although she was originally like Western, which is kind of funny. Cause I've kind of come full circle back to that. But she remember when we first started riding, um, I leased her, uh, horse for a little bit. I had, my Appaloosa and he was about 34 at the time. So we really only trail rode. So I did kind of like the, the two six stuff with her horse. And I remember one time we were lessening with each other. So I rode a school horse and she rode the big mare. And I remember that she felt so bad because she was doing this pole exercise and she was like nailing it every time. And I was doing like so horribly (laughs) that she like, and the trainer was just like, you've got to be kidding me, Ellie, you know how to do this. And I'm like, I just can't figure out striding today. And my mom was like, do you want me to, to stop? Do you not want me to lessen with you anymore? (laughs) Cause she just, you know, was, she wanted me to feel good about myself and to be proud of being able to do exercises. So it was just a cute thing, you know, that wouldn't have helped either way, you know, but it was just a, a sweet mom moment. Oh, that is Aww, really that's sweet. So sweet. Yeah, that is so sweet. Smartback has a great saying, because you shouldn't have to worry about anything but your best friend. For that reason, they have this amazing coverage with Colicare, their colic reimbursement program, which is up to $10,000 in colic insurance. It's a free program. You just attach it onto your current smart pack, and it has no upper age limit. It covers all senior horses, and it can be used in conjunction with your current equine insurance. If you guys are interested or want more information, go to smartpackequine.com. So it's that time. Rose and Thorn. Do any of you guys want to go first? So I can go. I have a really cute Rose. Hudson has been taking those swimming lessons and everything. And he at first didn't really like, you know, he just doesn't like to go to strangers and everything else. And so he'd cry the first couple lessons and then like for a couple weeks. And then now he's like finally getting into it. So it's so cute to see. He loves the pool already. So I'm glad that he's now starting to love these swim lessons. 
So that's Mike Rose for sure. Cause it's been the cutest thing lately. Like he just cheers and it, it is the cute. So that would be good. And then my thorn is that I've been teaching a lot lately, which is great. But and on the backside, like when you're out, you know, seeing all these horses and they're going so well, it kind of just makes me miss riding because I had to give up riding so earlier and early in my pregnancy, I, it's starting to like kind of hit me that I'm going to be off for quite some time. So I kind of had like a sad moment that I was like, Oh, it's kind of sad. I can't ride right now. So that was my thorn right now. Justine. Hmm. All right. Let me see what's going on in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I'll start with my thorn. It's that my, um, my horse trailer needs like some repairs, but it's like very minor. Like my horse trailer is still fine, but don't you just hate that where you're like, Oh, now I have to start budgeting. Yeah. I got to start saving money so I can fix this so that I'm good for the show season. And I just feel like it's always something. And so I'm looking at my horse trailer and going, I wonder if I could just sell this and buy a better horse trailer. And my my horse, my husband's like, you just no. bought a really nice saddle. Let's not do a, an upgrade on the horse trailer, please. But this is my thorn. Um, so my rose is probably just that uh, it's my husband's birthday coming up soon. And he wants to do something non-horsey. Imagine that. Um <laughs> So I'm trying to plan like what to do for he's going to be 32 and I think I'm going to take him to Epcot. Oh, fun. Yeah. Do like a Disney weekend where we can like yeah. cause Epcot's great because there's plenty of good food to eat and there's plenty of drinks and it's mm. pretty leisurely. You know what I mean? For like a theme park, you can kind of just like wander around and eat and drink your way through and ride a couple of like. Their, their rides are very like low key. You know Have I mean? you been to um, Animal Kingdom? Yes, but not recently, not in several it's years. Super, oh, it's super cool. Like we did the night safari and, and this is pre-children and everything. We did the night safari and mm-hmm. like did all of that. We had so much fun. So you could really? do like, a com- mm-hmm. it, we stayed there and like, it was so much fun. We had a ton of fun there. So if you're looking maybe for other things, maybe one night. That's a good idea. Maybe we'll do that. So yeah, that does sound cool. fun. It yeah. was awesome. We had... And, like, we're not really theme park people. So we were kind of like, well, we don't know. But we went and we were down in Ocala. So we drove to Orlando and spent the night down there. And we had a blast. Like, I can't wait till the kids get older and we can take them. Because we had so much fun doing stuff like that. So his birthday is September 1st. So I've got time. But, ooh, I you might, time. I might you look hit you that. up. A, yeah. I might ask yeah. you, Jess. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What about you, Ellie? Well... I'll start with my rose. I finally bought a truck. (laughs) So I'm really excited about that. It's big and it's red, which is my favorite color. So it's really obnoxious red, actually. Like, it's not like a nice, like, kind of burgundy. It is red, red. But that's okay. Uh, (laughs) I'm just really excited about it. And now I just have to, like, I've, I've driven a trailer a couple times, but not like enough to feel comfortable. So my boyfriend has to teach me how to drive the trailer. So we'll see if that might be a thorn in a later episode. Say, yeah. um, how big of a trailer is it? It's just a two horse bumper pull. Yeah, but I got a 2500 HD that has like a 13,000 pound weight limit. So Fancy. I'm hoping that I can get like a... Uh, like a a bigger like gooseneck with like one of those stalls up front, you know, like what I'm a talking two plus about? one. Yeah, yes, the two plus one. Exactly. That'd be awesome. 
Yeah, just so that way I have more space. This is his trailer that he got. Um, you know, so it's I don't like it very much. It doesn't have a tack room, but luckily my new truck has a crew cab, so I can put tack back there. I'm really excited about it. Okay. <laughs> it's a big adult thing. Yeah. I know, I know. And I literally had to call and like get everything transferred over to Pennsylvania, like my insurance and like, I have to like register it. And I'm like, I've done way too much adulting today. Like, I need to, like stop. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Oh, so excited, but like stressful at the same time. My thorn is like just really crappy. So it has a little bit of a story. So you guys know that I work at a animal shelter, um, which is like a nonprofit, not kill or no kill shelter. And I was working one day and we had just closed. It was like 530 and we closed at four. Um, so we were just getting everybody ready for the night. I work mostly with the cats. Um, so we were doing like night medications for those that were sick and stuff. And this older gentleman and his wife came to the door and started like banging on it. And so one of our, you know, employees went out and said, oh, like we're closed. Um, and they had like this little kitten in their hands and they were like, well, we found this under our porch. So can you take it? And we're like, well, we're actually like over with cats right now. Like we don't really have the space for any more. Um, but you can take it to this animal shelter that literally was like 15 minutes away. So it wasn't even, you know, a long drive. But the guy said, well, that's a that's a dead kitten because we're not taking it all the way out there. And we were like, okay, like because we couldn't do any, we couldn't take it because legally we can't take things when we're closed unless it comes in through like animal control. Um, so okay, I go to leave. You know, I'm done with my shift at like six o'clock, and I come out, and thankfully I hear all this crying before I get in my car and start it. Um, the guy had put the kitten behind the rear wheel of my car. <gasps> and this was a what? day. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And this was a day that it was like a hundred degrees and it was on the asphalt in the sun. That poor kitten was crying. And oh my God. So I got him and I went back into the shelter and I was like, well, I'm not going to, you know, just leave him and I have to you know, set him up for the night. And so we ended up, we had to call the police because it's animal abandonment. And we were able to get like the whole thing on the security cameras, which like, I just can't, like I had to watch it like a million times. Cause I couldn't for the life of me understand why someone would do that. You know, like, I mean, like people dump animals all the time. I mean, I understand that, but like, why didn't you put him like in the grass, like under the shade or just take him back and put him back under your porch? Like why? He was you just being him- mean. Yeah, yeah. That's awful. So that's but a good horrible news human is, being. Yeah. Good news is the well, the cop actually never showed up the next day to talk about it. So we had to keep we decided to keep the kitten. And it's only like three and a half weeks old. Like it's Aww. really young and it's still on like milk replacement and stuff. Yeah. But he's super cute and I'll post a picture of him in the uh Facebook lounge. But I just it was sad and it's more sad because I promised Matt I wouldn't get any more animals. But I was like, if I was destined to kill this cat, I think I should adopt him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like not even really a cat person. And I already got two from this shelter. I really am not the kind of person who should work at a shelter. That's really what I'm learning from this experience. <laughs> but I know, we're going to have to keep a tally on how many animals you end up with by the oh, end of the year. No. But, 
But that one, you could you couldn't turn him away. I mean, come on, you couldn't. He needs a home, you no. know. So when he's old enough, he'll be up for adoption, you know. Once we get him healthy and stuff, but I just can't. I there are some terrible people. That is horrible. Yeah. Oh, Ellie, you're the best. I'm just gonna <laughs> say it for the record. So we have this really great mailbag that came to us from a reader who sent this email or sent this question in an email. And Jess, I think it applies to you since you're the only one of us who have <laughs> human children. Um, but I'm going to read it. answer this one. Yeah. Okay. So this person is asking, she says, I'm pregnant and I'm building my registry. Is there anything baby related that is a must have for getting back in the saddle at the barn and in horse shows? A specific stroller that that's made for course walks, possibly a pack and play that's the easiest to pack in the trailer. I know this is probably more of a just question, but I thought the other girls might have something to say too, and that answer might be a nanny, lol. <laughs> but wasn't sure if there was anything else she should add to her registry. So Jess, why don't you take this away? I will. So the number one must have that we've actually even talked about on the show, Courtney did as well, is the Bob stroller, and it's. It literally says, we call it Bob, but it says Bob stroller and it's a big, huge wheels and everything. And we bought the infant seat that attaches in you buy an attachment and then the seat infant seat can go in there. So we took it everywhere and we still do. And so actually with our second, we're going to have to get a Bob double because now Hudson takes naps in it. And so along with the stroller, if you are somewhere where it does get hot and everything, we bought these little mini clip-on fans and they're great for Bob. So we just clip them on in the summertime and he will take naps in the shade wherever. And so we've used it since day one. I know we took a couple times we had like a pram type thing when it, the horses were flat. But if you're going to get one stroller, you have to get Bob. That is the number one. And then as for a pack and play, it really is like a personal preference. There's so many out there. Just look for something that's lightweight when it's packed up because that was the biggest thing. So many of them get really heavy. And so that we just have bought one that's lightweight and it travels everywhere. And so those are my biggest kind of things. Um, so congratulations. We're really excited that you're pregnant and look forward to hearing more about it. But the number one thing is you've got to get Bob. <laughs> So if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer on the show, you can always send us an email by emailing hello at heelsdownmedia.com. Or you can join our Facebook group, which is the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. You're welcome to post a question there and also just enjoy the many really thoughtful and interesting discussions that we have all day, every day. And if you want to hear more from us, you should definitely subscribe to our email newsletter, The Heels Down Brief. And you could do that by going to bit.ly slash hdbrief. And many thanks to this week's partners, Arena Saddles, Greenhawk, Wall, and Smart Pack. And just a reminder, if you love this show, you should really give us a great review on anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to podcasts. All right, guys, that's it. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.